Welcome to a special edition of the Blue Collar Nation podcast, where Eric and Larry bring you the best and brightest minds in the blue collar world to help us weather this unprecedented storm. And now, on to the show. Hello, this is Larry from Blue Collar Nation, and I'm here with wonderful, my wonderful business partner and guest today, Eric Sprague, and the singer, well, he can sing if he likes to. Uh. <laughs> Bruce Deloach from the IRCRC, he is cleaner's coach, and he runs CC Newsletters as well, and he is a friend and a previous client and a vendor with us. We got all kinds of experience with this guy. Bruce Deloach, Bruce Deloach, what's happened? We haven't clapped for anybody in a while. Thank you. You know, Bruce, we were on with Howard the other day, and I had mentioned to him off mic before we started, can you imagine if our trip to St. Martin was a couple weeks later and we got stranded there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Those things could happen. And, and. See, I'd be like freaking out. Bruce is like, perfect. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get warm. We'll be good. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Joanna and I are so different. Like um, she is really push, push, push to, to get uh, a lot of things done so that we can be back on track as quickly as possible. And I'm kind of like, mm, you know, it's kind of a weird time for a lot of people. Let's just kind of, you know, chill for a little bit. But that ain't going to happen here. Nope. Okay. She's going to make well, it happen. Bruce, with the cleaners coach, I know you have, uh, you know, quite a few clients that you're working with. What, what are you hearing from them? What are you seeing out in the marketplace? I mean, you're heavily involved in our industry. So um, what's going on in the field? I'm seeing a lot of people, uh, you know, having – it's amazing – you can give the same stimulus to the same species of creature and uh, two of them will respond completely differently based on, you know, their, their previous experiences. So, uh, and, and also their belief system. So I'm seeing some people literally like pulling the blankets over themselves and waiting for the government to come and, and save them uh, and hoping that their business survives. And then I'm seeing other people, that are just going out and embracing the the opportunity to to become the trusted expert and to serve their communities. Yeah, um, I'm seeing some people <clears throat> this from a purely financial standpoint, and I'm seeing others looking at it from a potential leadership standpoint, how they can grow their people and grow their business uh, through this time. So, yeah. I'm seeing I'm seeing everything. Yeah. I so look, mu- so, and so much of that resides right between here and here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm taking, you wouldn't believe the number of phone calls that are coming in from, from folks wondering how do we, you know, how do we deal with this? So yeah. it's, it's something else. No. So what are you telling them? I'm just telling them, pull a blanket over your head and wait, <laughs> come in. And <laughs> of course. Okay. I'm telling okay them, what are you really telling them? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, if you're, when you're busy, what are the things you complain that you can't get done? Systems. Systems, organization, uh, training your people, leadership. You take all of that. In fact, I, I got a few things, coaching, learning, organizing, inspiring, serving, training, educating your customers. You know, do that. Yeah. And, and, and one of the biggest things that I see that, that business owners are not doing is establishing themselves as a trusted expert because they think, and this is the part that surprises me, they think that this cleanup process is something that is way outside of their wheelhouse and involves tons of liability. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. So 
It depends who how you're talking they, to because there's a lot of people out there with the gloom and doom. Yeah. How, how would they go about getting ready for the aftermath of this? Well, so there is training available. Uh, I know a few companies right now that have put together protocols, courses. You can learn it online. You can, you can check out what CDC has uh, put forth. But if you've got AMRT training, if you've got crime and trauma scene training, if you understand bloodborne pathogen, and you know how to wear uh, personal protective equipment properly, uh, if you understand cleaning, you, you really do have the raw materials for going out and doing this. Yeah, because I think a lot of carpet cleaners think that only the restoration guys could do this. I mean, that's what I kind of see online. You know? Yeah. Well, you've got the guys who think that they can do anything and they're not going to get trained on anything. And that, but that's a whole different conversation. But, you know, then there's other guys that are overly cautious thinking, no, there's no way I could do this. And that I don't think that's true if they got a little bit of training. Yeah. Right. And I know, and then CDC, don't they, they have a certification that you can take online, I believe as well. Well, if, if CDC. I think so. Or FEMA. That is new to me, but it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if there's yeah. coming out every single day. Yeah. I, I read something about that. I don't know if it was CDC or FEMA, but somebody has some sort of, you take a course online and then you can get certified. Yeah. If you're already in a, you know, in an industry of that way. Um, okay. Uh, you know, that's what we're hearing too. We've had Howard Partridge on, we've had, you know, uh, a bunch of other guys on that you would know. And everybody's kind of saying, Bruce, what you're saying, and Larry and I have been saying it, that most of what is happening resides between your ears. It's a, it's an issue of mindset. Like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's how you deal with it. It yep. is going to determine your fate. And wh what do you think is going to happen? I mean, as this starts to pass, what do you think the amount of work is going to look like on the backside for cleaners and restorers? Well, so without going into too much detail, some of the some of the facilities that are reaching out for assistance uh, to our industry, the sizes, the size and scope of work that they need is massive. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, recently I'm, I'm involved with a, a deal right now where they put together a leadership team uh, and I'm kind of like in the cleaning operations side of things. And this is a multi-million square foot facility. So in other words, these facilities are out there and guess what? It's not one company that's going to get these jobs. It's going to yeah. be a coalition of people. It's a lot of wipes. Yeah. It's a lot of wipes. It's a lot of cleaning. Well, and the other question is, are there even enough companies and employees at this point to do this work right now? Not for every commercial building. No, but they're just going to be done in stages. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bruce. That's okay think there is uh but it's exactly like you're saying larry it's going to be it's kind of kind of like a triage situation you know yeah. we have to look at this in tiers what's the most important things to get back online first and uh you know and then we start moving down the line yeah. for instance uh, you know and, and let's not forget this is the thing that a lot of people lose sight of there's a lot of these facilities that have been already closed for over two and three weeks right so so the actual viability of uh, any remaining, you know, contamination is nearly zero. So right. most yeah. peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. We had a friend, I was on a podcast with a friend of mine, Darren Priest last night and his company, he's at a restoration company and they just did their first 
COVID cleaning last night, where same thing as you said, Bruce, building's been vacant for like 15 days. So they put, you know, they donned full PPE and then went through the whole protocol of just wiping everything down so that when that company's ready to open doors again, they're ready to go. And one of the most important things, because I, I don't want people to underestimate the importance of cleaning, because if you say, oh, well, the virus is already dead, so we don't need these people to come in and do that, nothing could be further from the truth, because it, where the virus can hide is in biofilms. It can hide in, in oils. It can hide in dust. Right. And that just extends the viability of the, of the virus. So remember, people have to come back in these buildings and trust that they can occupy them safely. Sure. Yeah, and there's a lot of liability for the company that opens back up, you think. Yep, yeah. yep. and they just want to make sure that, that they have shown that they've been prudent and, and did the, uh, you know, yeah. the smart exactly. thing. Um, well, I want to switch gears a little bit, Bruce. I, you know, we had a, a kind of a big thing in our industry where the IRCRC, which is our governing body for cleaning and restoration, just came out with virtual training for the first time. That's the first time, right? If I'm not mistaken. I mean, before it was always online, I mean, uh, in-person classes. Yeah, for, for certification, definitely. For certification, yes. Yeah. So now they're allowing guys like you, being an IICRC instructor, to do this virtually. So can you explain to Larry and I what that's going to look like and how that's going to benefit owners in the industry and technicians in the industry and and also what you think maybe some of the downsides will be. Yeah, definitely. So we've, IICRC has been talking about this for a long time and uh, instructors are kind of broken up into uh, two basic camps. Those who think that this can be done successfully and those who think that the classroom is the, really the only way to, to properly deliver this information. Uh, and then of course there's the hands-on aspect that gives a lot of people concern that we're going to be losing that, uh, or, or maybe we're going to lose some of that back and forth. But the bottom line is ISCRC has made the decision that an instructor can stream a course live. So, so there's still no, there's, there's two kinds of training. There's synchronous and asynchronous training. Synchronous means we're all in the room together. And asynchronous means you log in and you take the training at your own pace. So the current model is designed so that uh, an instructor can set up, you know, at uh, like uh, using Zoom or some other platform like GoToMeeting, GoToWebinar, and uh, deliver the course to up to 20 students at a time. Now, those students have to be able to, uh, you know, type in and ask questions, and we need a way to make sure that the students are remaining engaged and, and in, on the platform. Um, so the, the primary difference is, is that feeling of immediacy, being in the room with the person. Uh, I think the downside to this is uh, is more going to be dependent on the instructor. Um, you have to make sure that your your you know your setup is good so that there's no uh, you know loss of signal, unstable internet. Um, you need to make sure that you change your material so that it fits. Uh, I can't imagine me simply taking and throwing up a bunch of PowerPoint slides uh, to people sitting online. They'd probably fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think that's going to vary from how engaged the instructor is going to be about taking this seriously and putting, I know you well enough to know that you're going to do a lot of work to make this class as interesting and as educational as possible, because that's just how you are. Um, how, how do they take the tests? Do they have to be proctored? So they have a third-party system set up where the uh, individual sits down at a, at a uh, computer. 
they have to have a camera so that they can be watched while they're taking the exam. The exam is, of course, online. And at any point, the proctor can, you know, engage with them and say, hey, you know, if you could do us a favor, uh, uh, you know, make sure that you're not looking at anything. Or they can, if they're using their cell phone, they could say, could you give us a look around the room? So they can even make sure there isn't the guy on the side saying A and B and C and whatever. Okay. Yeah. And, and my opinion, I had a conversation about this with Joanna uh, this morning. I said, you know, if people are going to cheat, they're going to cheat. They're going to find a way to cheat. Yeah. Um, but the, what I found is that the majority of students don't want to cheat and they don't cheat. Right. No, they're there to learn because they're going to be using it on the job. It's not like it's just a class they have to get past. It's hands on. Yeah. And that's the thing. If somebody cares so much that they're willing to cheat, generally they don't care if they pass anyway. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So are all certification classes going to have the ability to be virtual now or just some? No. And in fact, um, so, so there, the types of courses that we have at IICRC are divided into two basic types. One is called lecture-based and then the other one is called, uh, it involves hands-on and we call that applied. Okay. Uh, and several courses require, you know, applied training. For instance, color repair technician currently. Uh, color repair means you have to spot dye some, some pieces of carpet and make them look good. Well, you can't do that online. Same thing with AMRT. You have to demonstrate that you know how to don and doff uh, safety equipment, that you know how to set up, you know, a containment, enter and exit a containment without cross-contaminating the structure. Uh, you have applied structural drying. You got to show and demonstrate that you can actually set up equipment, use a thermal hygrometer, etc. Yeah. So, so those, are, those those will never be virtual. You know, I'm, I, what I envision is a exactly. high. Uh, so in other words, you, you teach the, the lecture-based portion of those courses and, and they can get a certificate for that. And then they can get a, a certification when they complete the hands-on portion and an exam. Yeah. I think long-term beyond what we're dealing with now, especially for kind of the, I don't know, entry-level certifications like CCT, carpet cleaning technician, water remediation technician, like I know for Larry and I, you have the guys that you're going to send no matter what. You know, that guy's going to be with us for a long time. He's going to be a rock star. I'm going to send him to get as much training or her to as much training. But then you get the guys who are kind of on the fence and, and they could benefit from, say, WRT. But you're not convinced they're going to stay long enough to make, you know, track airfare, hotel, you know, meals, the, the class itself, you know, that can really add up for a lot of, you know, companies. Um, I think you'll see an uptick for a lot of guys who are owner, you know, owning say 15 guys or less, they'll start sending more guys to those entry level things. And that makes it better for everybody. At least in my estimation, you know, the more guys you could get WRT, the better. And, and if, if nothing else, uh, they'll get a basic understanding of the things that they don't know. One of the, one of the best uses of uh, trainers is to help people to, to understand two things. First of all, um, what you think you know isn't always correct. And what's really going to get you in trouble is what you think is correct. That isn't so. Yeah. Well, I've, you seen, you, I've seen you do <clears throat> at some of your speaking engagements where you do the game of telephone across, across the room. Yeah. But that's what happens on job sites. Right. You know, you've had one guy who went and got WRT, you know, the, the best guy. And then 
he tells the guy that he trained first <laughs> what it's like. And then that guy told the next guy, told the next guy, told the new guy. And by the time he gets to the new guy, <laughs> you know, you're not drawing anything out. <laughs> yeah. Or if you are, it's just by, it's by sheer luck. Yeah. yeah so you guys are really going to have to be dialed to make it a good education. Cause it's, if it's hands on like a WRT, we both went to flood houses and we flooded out a house. You can't do that. Right. Um, Necessarily. I mean, you could walk them through it. That's, that's an ASD things. thing, not WRT. Still, but but even like our class, for instance, that's one of the, the primary reasons that we have our location where it is. We built four, you know, rooms. We flood the rooms. We, you know, we, right. we you know, put fake mold in. I mean, we do all kinds of stuff. And so I feel like some of that's going to be lost and we've got to figure out how to visually deliver that. Yeah. No, that's going to be, that's going to be a challenge. So what, what, what are you thinking, Bruce? Well, like, I don't give away your trade secrets, but what are the, what are the things that you're, you're kind of coming up with that are going to be different than how you teach it in class? Well, there are no trade secrets. First of all, everybody thinks they have secrets, but to be honest with you, <laughs> they get out real quick. Huh? Yeah. It's, you know, all somebody has to do is show up at a class. And it's like, Oh, this is how we did it. You know? So, but um, here's, here's my vision. And you guys tell me your opinion of it. Cause I'm still figuring this out. Um, I'm thinking that I go to my uh, facility and I set up those containments and I flood and, and set up different drying systems and I film that. And then what I do is in, inject that into the course and voice over that, but, but I talk about it with the students live. So they get that, that immediacy of me actually, you know, talking about it. Yeah. answering any questions that they send in at that time, I can pause the video, go back and show them different parts. No, I love that. I think most, th this is, it could be personal bias, but from my experience running a lot of guys over the years in our world, most of them are visual learners. The reason they become technicians, one of the reasons is they don't like to sit in class and read books and hear lectures. They like to learn in some sort of visual and hands-on medium. So the more that we can do that in whatever kind of training we give them, the better. The, the biggest regret that I have when I built out all my systems for our cleaning restoration company is I wish I had done it all in video. If yeah. I had done it all in video, doing kind of exactly what you said for every single thing that we did, I think compliance to those systems would have been higher. Larry took a lot less stuff. I would think. Well, and you hand a guy. I might a, be the guy doing manual. the opposite. <laughs> I'm always going to be the guy doing the opposite. Yeah. That, that's a personality thing. That has nothing to do with anything else. <laughs> but no, you hand a guy an ops manual that's this big and you say, look, the answer to every single thing that you need to know at this company is in here. Bring it with you on the truck. What happens to that manual? Doesn't get read. <laughs> Just like you gave it to me. Read this manual. It was this thick. Read this. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do that immediately. Yeah, I've got all this time on my hands. Bruce, I'm staying up till midnight every night, building systems out, and then you know, I, I I come out with the you know the manual that looks like that, and everybody's like, oh gosh. No, it's like if if I get hit by a Mack truck tomorrow, you can take over. You know. Yeah, exactly. From that yeah. big old manual. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Page but, one. <laughs> no, I agree with you. That that hands-on video, I think, is going to be a lot more powerful, personally. Yeah. It would what be about, for me. Our, our buddy like uh, Matterport. Did you ever see Matterport before? I have. It's really cool. Really? Um, 
yeah, a buddy of mine who used to work with me runs it and he does a really good job. And it's just something, if you see it and you have the opportunity, take a look at it. Any of our listeners out there notice it. It's pretty cool. So, Larry, how are you proposing that Matterport gets work for training? Well, well you have to do that to him, Eric. Come on. No, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I ask the hard questions, Bruce. That's my job. It's virtual. You put it in your face. You do use it before yourself. It's Matterport. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go look around the whole place and you can see how large jobs were done already. Mm-hmm. And you can see what was done yeah, and how true. they set it up and how much equipment is there. And you could see what the insurance, you can point out what the insurance agent or adjuster is looking for. And you could use it as an example. And, it, you know, you only have to do it once. Yeah. And you could steal a lot of different, um, not that we steal any data from anybody else. Steal. <laughs> R.O. All right, Bruce, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> we do uh, About- industry research is what we do. Yes, research. exactly. All right. So, Bruce, I'm going to finish on this. I don't want to take your whole day. I know you're a busy guy, especially now. What words would you give to all the cleaners, restorers, plumbers, electricians as they face what we're going on, what's going on right now? Well, one thing is our country has always been strong. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've been through so many things and this is, this one's going to be particularly tough on a lot of businesses, Yeah. but, but the service sector, the people who have to go into homes and go into businesses to, to make them, you know, to make them function properly, to make people feel safe, uh, to clean them. We're, we're the heroes. We're the ones who, um, you know, people are going to be relying on. First responders. Yeah. But, but there's one thing I I want uh, the people to know the you know, the United States government is out there to help small business. And, um, you know, you don't have to lay off all your people. You don't have to, you know, close the doors. If you check out the CARES, uh, the, the program that's available, I think you're going to find out that a lot of us uh, can keep our doors open. And during that period, take advantage of the ability to coach our people, uh, to get them into training, um, you know, organize your shop, um, serve your people, but also, to, to educate your customers. These are just a few of the things I wrote down uh, for a podcast earlier. It's those things that he says they don't have time to do. Keep the doors open, get your people trained, um, you know, pull them together as a culture, make them feel safe, make them feel cared for and pay them while you're doing it. And if you got to borrow the money from the government, and by the way, these loans, if you, if you meet the criteria will be forgiven. It isn't might be forgiven. It's will be forgiven. Yeah. So I, I recommend that small business owners, especially if they're feeling a, a particular pinch right now and they think they have to let their people go, uh, I recommend you look into the provisions of that program. That sounds perfect. And we'll end on that. Thank you, Bruce, for coming on. Really appreciate it, man. Man, great. Bruce, you're the man, buddy. Thanks, Larry. Peace. Out. Out. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Nation podcast. For more information on what Eric and Larry do, please visit www.morningtechmeeting.com or visit us on our Facebook page, Blue Collar Consulting. Thank you and see you back here next week with another amazing episode of the Blue Collar Nation podcast.